amigos, and welcome back to another episode of the Heavenly Toast podcast. These are the reflections for the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time in 2019. And uh, I, was, I was looking at my schedule for the upcoming week, and I was really hoping that I would be able to do a separate video, both for the readings and for a reflection on Ash Wednesday, which is coming up uh, this next Wednesday. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm not going to have enough time. But as I was looking at the readings... I think that they really, really uh, fit nicely and dovetail with what I was going to say about Lent anyway. So I think we're just going to jump right into it and take it from there. So, this Sunday's readings are the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time. And when we look at these readings, I think, like I said, I think that they really dovetail quite nicely in with the theme of Lent in terms of uh, our preparations as we move forward into this great fast. And I really, really love this first reading from the book of Sirach, especially. Sirach is such a wonderful book in the Bible because it has so much wisdom, and the wisdom is so direct and so practical, even thousands of years later after it was written. It really has a tendency to cut to the heart and really show us ourselves in a way that uh, pushes us to become better and realize our own follies. But I mean, even if we take a look at the first verse in this reading, it says, When a sieve is shaken, the husks appear. So do one's faults when one speaks. I think that this is such a beautiful image, especially as we kind of take things into this season of Lent. I had a roommate in college who used to be a Muslim and kind of converted away from that faith and became sort of a, uh, like a deist agnostic sort of uh, spirituality. Believed that there was still a God, but uh, didn't really have a whole lot of um, interest in organized religion, really tried to kind of figure things out himself, put things together, read a lot of stuff, but was still kind of distant from any particular faith. And he once asked me, uh, because he knew I was Catholic, uh, what, what, what the deal was with Lent, why we gave stuff up, and he was especially confused by why, after you give something up, do you go back to doing it afterwards? You know, if something is really so bad that you're giving it up, why are you, you know, going back to it after 40 days? What does that make sense? And I think that the reason is profound and very beautiful. But I think when we reflect on Lent, this reading really comes into play in a very beautiful way. A lot of times when we give things up for Lent, we make this examination of self. And we say to ourselves, what is it that's in the way of my relationship with God? What is it that's in the way of prayer or in the way of mass or in the way of the sacraments or in the way in my relationships? You know, what have you. But it's an honest examination of self. And from there we say, you know, my relationship with God would be better if I, did, if I didn't do this. Or maybe if I didn't do this quite so much. You know, maybe I uh, drink way too much. Maybe I have way too much chocolate. Or, you know, even beyond that, maybe it's a question of I don't desire this in the right way. I'm looking for 
too much security and I'm looking for it in ways that aren't in God. So maybe I need to spend a little bit less time working or I need to spend a little bit more time with my family deliberately making time with my kids or what have you. But I really think that the sacrifice of Lent really is explained well in this first verse. Sometimes what we need more than anything else is just a little bit of a shock to the sieve, a little bit of shaking out to reveal the husks in our lives, to reveal those areas in our lives that maybe we aren't fully given over to God, or maybe we don't fully believe, or maybe we're not really truly fighting our vices, or, I mean, heck, maybe not even our vices, but maybe just little imperfections and little uh, nicks in the armor, so to speak, that we might have that may have been riding for a little while, but we haven't really been paying that much attention to. So when we begin this great feast or this great fast of Lent, um, I think that it's helpful to sit down and to make a sacrifice. And people always say like, oh, what are you giving up for Lent? You know, and everything like that. And I think the self-examination is very important. And I think that true humility is the foundation of a good sacrifice for Lent. I think that we need to be humble and truly look at ourselves and what it is that we do, what it is that we struggle with, what it is that we don't struggle with, and make a sacrifice off of that. I think too often there's a little bit of an attempt to go one way or the other, to either make a sacrifice that is way too easy, that will barely even be felt, and we won't even really think about the fact that it's, um, you know, it's something that we're doing, or we run into the issue of a sacrifice that's way too hard. And we think, you know, if I really, you know, crush my own will or something like that, that at the end of this 40 days, I'm going to be this great saint. And I think both of those attitudes are wrong. Because the first attitude is treating things a little bit too flippantly. It's almost saying like, well, I'm okay. You know, I don't need to do a whole bunch of stuff. I don't really need to truly overcome myself and become better. Or, you know, I don't really want this to to hurt at all. I don't really want this to be uh, something that I feel. And I think that there's not enough of a shock to the sieve. The husks are still hidden within us at that point, And we're not truly bringing those husks to the Lord, asking him to um, heal us and help us to be the kind of person that he would like us to be. Help us to be the person that he is calling us to be. On the other hand, uh, we have penances that are way, way too strict and too stringent. And this is something that I've been guilty of. It's like, I'm not going to do this, this, that, or the other thing. And I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to read a thousand pages a day of good spiritual reading. I'm going to spend an hour and a half in prayer every day. And it's just like, Settle down there, man. Settle down. Because, you know, at the other hand, if you just dump out the sieve, you're not really truly filtering it. You still end up with your pile of whatever it is that you're trying to shake out and the husks as well. You're not really doing anything successfully there. And I think that there's a lack of humility in that. I think that a lot of times we say, I'm going to do all of these great things, and that way, I am going to make myself holy. 
No, it's all grace. You know, human action, human obedience, human participation in that grace, absolutely. God doesn't trample on our free will. But I think that we also need to understand that the transformation that is truly going to take root in our souls and truly sanctify ourselves, that's the action of God. That's God's action and God's grace. He leads us where he wills, and we need to partake in that and participate and give our yes and our consent to that. But ultimately, God's grace is foundational in all of this. One of the things that I was thinking about doing for Lent was I wanted to read The Imitation of Christ, that great spiritual classic from Thomas Kempis. And I sat down and I was like, you know, there's, I think, 180 or something little chapters that are, you know, maybe a paragraph or maybe they're two or three pages. And I was like, well, how am I going to fit this into 40 days? You know, am I going to have to read two or three per day and everything like that? And then I took a step back and I thought, this isn't really what it's about. When I come forward with my sacrifice, my fast for Lent, it's not about getting it done. It's not about, well, look what I have done at the end of this 40 days. But rather, it's about an understanding and a transformation as I participate in the sacrifice of Christ. The sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, Calvary certainly, but also the sacrifice of his obedience to the Father's will every day of his life. This is what we sacrifice, what we accomplish by our sacrifice in Lent. We, as St. Paul says in the second reading, we clothe our mortality with immortality. We clothe our corruption with incorruptibility. We put on the full armor of God so that we might not only take part and participate in his life here as he lived on earth, but also participate in the divine life of the Trinity. We participate in the Father's will, and we participate in living as God wills us to live. So I started sitting down and thinking about this uh, reading of the imitation of Christ that I wanted to do, and I started to think, it's not about finishing it. It's not about, oh, what will I have learned at the end of this? It's more about, I committed to reading this book, and I committed to understanding what was written in there, internalizing it, and truly living it. I tried, I'm going to try to read what's in here and apply it to my life so that I can be a better servant of God and a better servant of my fellow man as well. So that by reading this imitation of Christ, I might actually perform an imitation of Christ. And ultimately, I think that that's what the mission of Lent is. That this shock to the system might shake out the sieve and that we might strain out the husks and be left with purity and honesty and integrity and virtue at the end of it. When I started reading through um, the, this Imitation of Christ book, I found very quickly something that I thought was a very beautiful reflection for Lent, and I'll just take some sections out of this third chapter of the first book. Um, in my version, it's called The Doctrine of Truth. 
And the author says, Neglect of things which are profitable and necessary, and undue concern with those which are irrelevant and harmful, are great folly. The pure, simple, and steadfast spirit is not distracted by many labors, for he does them all for the honor of God. For who is forced to struggle more than he who tries to master himself? This ought to be our purpose, then, to conquer self, to become stronger each day, to advance in virtue. Humble knowledge of self is a surer path to God than the ardent pursuit of learning. Not that learning is to be considered evil, or knowledge which is good in itself and so ordained by God, but a clean conscience and a virtuous life ought always to be preferred. Many often err and accomplish little or nothing because they try to become learned rather than to live well. Coming back to this image of the sieve and the husks and the sacrifice for Lent, it's good to sit back and think about how will I become a greater servant of God? How will I become more attentive to his promptings in my life and be better able to carry out those promptings without any effort on my part, without any reservation that I might fully give myself to God? So what is it that we need to give up for Lent? Well, maybe we spend too much time on Netflix. Maybe there's something that God's really calling us to, like, you know, you won't, you have this project in your heart that you really wanted to start, or you have this um, desire to give money to the poor, but there's a little bit of greed that holds you back. Or maybe, I know that I should be spending more time with my kids, but I have this desire for security and this desire for prestige at work, so I put in the extra hours there instead of with my family. For me, I know that I'm going to be practicing the virtue of silence over Lent. <laughs> Before you guys get too excited that I'm not going to be talking at all over this 40-day period, what I mean by that is I spend way too much time just mindlessly scrolling through Facebook or just clicking on YouTube videos here and there. You know, this video, that content, this lecture, that meme, you know, whatever. I put too much of my time and too much of myself in there. And I need to free myself up for a little bit more of my own side projects and my own things that God, I believe, is calling me to do. I think that God is calling me to a more intense life of meditative prayer. And let's face it, a lot of times YouTube and Facebook are just time sucks. So that's what I'm going to be giving up this, this year for Lent. And I really encourage you, especially in these last couple days before Lent and Ash Wednesday start to kind of get into full effect, to really do an examination of self, humbly and honestly, and ask God, what is it that you're calling of me? What is it that you're calling me to? And what can I give up that's not super duper intense, that'll you know crush my spirit and really grind myself up? Or what is it that's not so loosey-goosey that it's not even going to feel like Lent and that the only reminder of Lent that I'm going to get is purple on Sundays and no f meat on Fridays. But really come up with a sacrifice that counteracts the imperfections, the vices, the areas in our lives that we might not want people to see 
and really bring that to the Lord. Ask him to heal us. Ask him to help us grow and help us to become virtuous, the men and women that he has made and called us to be. I think with that in mind, we embark into Lent, not with some, oh, we'll just, you know, whatever, it's just another season. And we don't embark onto it with this feeling of, I'm going to crush myself and really make myself into this great thing. But rather, we come into this with this humble stance of, all right, here, Lord, here I am. Here's what I have to give. Here's the gift that I bring to you. But I know that you can make it perfect. That's the spirit of Lent. That's the spirit of self-denial. And that's ultimately what will make us into great saints. It's a little shake in the sieve that reveals the husks and helps us to grow and to become the men and women that God made and called us to be. So be assured of my prayers for you, especially as this Lent kind of kicks in and ratchets up. Please pray for me as I kind of embark on this little jaunt during Lent. Um, And until next time, guys, stay in the state of grace, and God bless, friends. Cheers.